The January 6th Select Committee now facing new problems in addition to having to live with themselves. They also have to convince Americans to care about their work because nobody does. Even though they've been beating this issue into the ground for, I don't know, 18 months coming up soon. We see here Washington Post is acknowledging this now saying the January 6th Committee faces a thorny challenge. Oh, thorny. Persuading the public to care. Oh, isn't that just the worst? I mean, this was supposed to be the end of America. That guy took that podium and he had it in his you know, arm and he was about to leave with, I think, the Constitution or something. Here, this came out from Jacqueline Alemany. We've got Josh Dowsey. And this is a wild one. We're noticing January 6th Select Committee now has tried to recruit high-profile journalists to write a report about the attack on the Capitol. <laughs> hoping to build a narrative thriller that compels audiences and is a departure from government reports of yore. Oh my gosh. So you know those congressional research reports that we read through here, if you've you know gone through the 9-11 report or any of these government documents, they're kind of like big, you know, phone books of boring government information. And these I think propagandists, I guess, they want to create a new story. They want to uh, get these, some high-profile journalists to turn this into a narrative thriller, like a fiction novel or something, because I think that's what this has become for them. We see here, committee members and staffers are seeking to compile dramatic videos and texts and emails in a digital format that is easy to understand. That's easy to share on social media. And they want things like a block. They want to put together blockbuster televised hearings that the public actually tunes into, according to people with knowledge of the process, who spoke on condition of anonymity to speak candidly. So at least they're speaking. But, you know, if they were so, I guess, enthusiastic about their presentation, they wouldn't have to be doing all of this stuff. Right. And they wouldn't have to be hiding behind anonymity. They've got a challenge cut out for them, making the public care deeply and read hundreds of pages of or more about an event that happened more than a year ago and that many Americans feel they already understand. And I think it's more than that. I think it's more than the idea that anybody just uh, sort of feels like, well, we already know everything there. I have a lot of questions about what happened there. A lot of questions. And we've been talking about all of the open-ended loops that have never been resolved, all the thousands of hours of footage, all of the discovery that the government was dragging their feet on for a long time. So I don't think that most Americans think they actually understand it. I mean, I think many Americans wonder how... With our you know, trillion-dollar defense bureaucracy that exists, that's been built over decades, and with all of the three-letter agencies that get billions of dollars every year, and with uh, the most important people in the world all gathered together in one building, how could our dummy elected bureaucrats not protect the most sacred building, I guess, in the country on that particular day? Seems like it was pretty much a colossal failure, or some people may have been okay with something like that happening. I don't know. And so what does this all lead to? It means that there is no credibility whatsoever for these people. It's not just about Americans are sick and tired of, uh, you know, having these political buffoons beat these issues into the ground. It's about the idea that we've seen every one of these issues fail. Every time that they beat an issue to the ground or bring it up, we see that they are wrong about it and they've lost all credibility. And you can just take a look at the pattern over the course of the last few years. They've botched the pandemic. They've told us, we've got a solution. We're going to guide you through this. Pretty much failed every step along the way. Afghanistan was a disaster. 
at no time are you going to see people falling out of helicopters. Well, we kind of saw them falling out of aircraft. We saw that inflation was promised to be transitory, sticking around a while. The entire Trump-Russia collusion debacle, all proven to be false. We see Hunter Biden's story that was swept under the rug. True. New York Times just confirmed it. The entire background on Russia, Ukraine, a lot of questions, continuing censorship over this, and everything has been one problem after another, telling us what's going to be the solution, how this is all going to unfold, and then failing every step of the way. So why would January 6th be any different? Why would we suddenly take a look at this and say, yeah, you know, you've been so wrong about everything else. Uh, Why suddenly would you be right here? You know, failure, 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 success. I'm not sure about that. The article continues, the committee staffers have interviewed writers to assist with the Herculean task of quickly turning hundreds of thousands of pages of depots, records, and other evidence into narratives, according to people familiar with the conversation. Okay, do you see what this means? They're taking evidence, they're taking factual data, and they're saying, we got to just craft this into a narrative. We got to turn this into a story. Okay, so you could take somebody else on the other side of this, right? Donald Trump's team, if they were running this fake select committee, could take the same facts and create a different narrative, a different accessible narrative than the one they're creating. According to people familiar with the conversations, staffers have asked those writers about their deadline experience, thoughts about how the report should be structured, how they would manage strong personalities, pursing their, uh, pushing their piece around to get their piece of the pie included, you know, people who want to come in there and say, well, I was a hero on that day and whatever. How do you deal with those morons trying to insert themselves into this debacle? Here they say, uh, this is according to people familiar with the interviews. Now, it's unclear whether the committee is going to succeed in bringing on high-profile journalists or if the committee has finalized a choice to author the report. But the committee's leaders are keenly aware of the difficulty in breaking through to -to hard-to-reach audiences. Do you see this performance these people are doing? We were making fun of them this whole time for being so performative, crying out there, and all just whining all over the place, all with the fake tears and baloney. They're trying to make their debut. Hard to reach audiences, according to staffers and members involved in the process. It's all just a big farce. We do not want a bureaucrat to write this report, but rather a historian or a journalist or you know, someone who writes and can tell a story in a compelling way so that people can actually understand what happened. This according to this knucklehead, this guy, Steph, no, Rep. Stephanie Murphy from Florida. Oh, so she's not, that's not him. That's Jamie Raskin. Stephanie Murphy's another knucklehead who's not on this slide, but my goodness, write a compelling story. So they don't need a historian or a journalist. They need a fiction or a novelist. (laughs) Jamie Raskin here is Jamie Raskin says, quote, was most interested in that. How do we make the report tell a story? How do we do that? How do you take different pieces of a story that are produced by a very large group of people and make it sing? How do you make it sing? And I think that's very much what they would like to do, said Gorlick of her discussion with the committee. Gorlick was somebody who wrote the the 9-11 report or was involved in that. And so they asked her, what was it like talking with Raskin? And she says, this guy wants just, just make it sing. Two people with knowledge of the report say the committee wants to include gripping testimony in quotes, along with starring roles for key players leading up to the events. We've got this guy, Peter Aguilar, who's been steeping himself in reports issued by the congressional investigations throughout history. What does that even mean? It says here, he told the Washington Post 
that he wants to be sure that the committee report is not written in the Congressional Research Service style. Now, why? We've read many Congressional Research Service reports here. They're quite interesting, actually. They're pretty well written. They give you a breakdown. They talk about the law. I like referring to them. Why can't he uh, write it that way? Well, here's why. He says, representing people of color and young people, I'm acutely aware of how they will process this work. Uh, so I don't know what that means. But I think that means that he thinks that they don't want to or can't read Congressional Research Service reports. Making sure it isn't written in that style. So I don't know what he wants to do about that. I don't know what that means, but I, I, it's too dangerous to speculate, so I'm not going to do that here. It says the GOP's campaign to discredit the committee work has found some success. The poll found 54% of Americans who say the protest who entered uh, as mostly violent broke down by party. 36% of Republicans say it was mostly peaceful. There's one third of the nation that will read it. One third that might read it and one third that won't even believe it, said a committee lawmaker. Somebody who's on the committee spoke on condition of anonymity to speak candidly. The lawmaker added that even some of the Democrats and their constituents have lost interest in the committee's work because of more pressing issues, like, I don't know, all the ones that I just listed, like inflation and the coronavirus pandemic. So it's key, they say, to tell the best story possible with the report. So it's ultimately issued by the committee so that it actually breaks through. Of course, big question is who actually was talking about this? Who's that anonymous committee member who is a part of this concoction of a story so that it breaks through. Now, uh, acknowledging that even people in their own party don't care. As it currently stands, the committee's timeline has been pushed back. It races to ramp up depositions and interviews, saying that they want uh, public hearings to start in May, asked whether they're going to have uh, any final deadlines, final report deadlines, says it's a moving target, said Thompson. We have some, some timetables, but when we get 10,000 pages, you know, the timetable moves because they're getting everything from everybody. Public hearings might prove to be the committee's best opportunity to fill their role. They want well-produced viral moments, something reminiscent of Watergate hearings, sparking prolonged and intense media coverage. I'm not sure that's going to happen. We see here Nicholas Wu over from Politico said that Thompson was asked that evening about calling Trump or Pence. Said we're still discussing that. Now that might bring some eyeballs. If they bring Trump in or Pence in, maybe it'll be something consequential where there is a lot of media coverage and eyeballs because that's what happens when you bring in Trump and Pence. But otherwise, I think most Americans have sort of seen what this is. Watch Liz Cheney, watch Kinzinger, watch Thompson, watch Raskin, all of these other people promise that they're leading the way on a number of issues and watch them fail and stumble every step of the way. So when they come out in front of the cameras and tell America that this was almost the end of democracy, nobody believes them anymore. And everybody knows this is what it is, a political hit job, an attempt to remove Donald Trump and anybody who supported him from the playing field. And I think a lot of people are realizing now that team did a better job managing things. What do you think? Let me know down in the comments below. I would love it if you subscribed and shared this video with a friend or family member so that they joined us as we continue to talk through these issues. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.